Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9, and Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Today we continue with, Be holy, for I am holy. And we are looking at the little foxes, and today we are going to look at slothfulness. Everybody say slothfulness. Turn with me to Hebrews 18, 9. Are we all there? Hebrews chapter 18, verse 9. Let us read together. One, two, go. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. It says, he also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. A waster is a destroyer. So when we are slothful, we have entered into the ministry of the devil whose simple work is to steal, to kill, to destroy. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Let us read together. One, two, go. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit promises. In other words, if we are slothful, we will not be a people of faith. A person who is slothful is not a person of faith. In other words, that person, no matter what he does, he will not please God and will not and will not inherit the promises of God. Now, we've explained that there are little foxes in Israel whose sole duty is to eat the grapes once the grapes are young. And those grapes, we say, refer to the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And there are foxes in our lives that we must guard against so that they do not destroy the fruit of the Spirit in our lives because we must be like God. That is what God wants us to be. He wants us to be like Him. Be holy, I've said several times, is God saying to us, be like me. Now, the first fox we looked at was pride. And we explained that pride is, as it were, the seat of all sins. Pride simply means idolatry of self, where self takes the place of God. And we explained that we must do something about it because God just cannot handle pride in a human being. And then we looked at anger. And we explained that anger has two basic sides to it. The first side, Oge, which is that first string type of anger that builds and builds and builds until it gets to the place of seeking vengeance. And vengeance, the Bible tells us, is the Lord's. We are not, we are not supposed to go after vengeance. That is to be left unto the Lord. Then we looked at Tumos, which we say is that sudden rage that just comes and goes as suddenly as it comes, that's how suddenly it leaves. And I say people who are like that, they tend to see them as psychiatric cases because they themselves cannot understand where the anger comes from and where the anger disappears into. But the important thing is that it can do a lot of damage. For that, God says we must seek deliverance. says, put it away from you. Of the other type of anger, okay, God says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Because I said, when that happens, you have put yourself in the devil's furnace, in the devil's workshop. Because anger, God says, is something that Satan has a lot of business with. And then 
at the last digging deep, we looked at envy. And we said envy is that which says what somebody else has should rightfully be mine. Again, you find that envy has as its bedrock or foundation pride. Because only a prideful person will believe that nobody else should have certain things and that those things should be his or hers. And we said that envy has a lot to do with sight. It's seeing things that disturbs us and that we should do something about all of this. We looked at the example of First Samuel chapter 18, verses 6 to 12, when the women sang that David had killed his tens of thousands and Saul had killed his thousands. And from that day on, envy took over Saul's life and he sought desperately to kill David. I hope we are making amendments. Those of us who know that we have pride, we have anger, we are envious people, let's make amendments because we must be like God for we are going somewhere. Today we are going to talk about slothfulness. If you think about pride, anger, envy, slothfulness might not sound like a sin because after all it's just being slothful. It's, it's, it's just being in a particular state of mind. So it, it doesn't really affect anybody. But God says it is a sin. The interesting thing about slothfulness is that when the demon of corruption attacked this nation, it brought as an appendage slothfulness. Proverbs 18, 9 says, He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. So God puts people who waste and destroy in the same category as people who are slothful. Hebrews 6, 12, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. As I've said, once you are slothful, you will not inherit the promises of God. Neither will you arrive in heaven. It is the rule of God. It is not me. That's what God says. What exactly is it to be slothful? What is slothfulness? Webster's Dictionary defines slothfulness as a disinclination to action or labor. That is, the person just does not want to do anything. The best word for that is laziness. Another dictionary describes slothfulness as a disinclination to exertion, which is what we will refer to as habitual indolence just being idle. You don't want to do anything at all. And the interesting thing about this is that there actually is an animal found in South America that is called the sloth. And that animal does nothing. It just hangs upside down on a tree. That's all it does. Uses his claws and just hangs upside down and just stays there. And there are many people in Christendom who are just hanging upside down, doing nothing, just staying there, doing nothing, you know, and that God says he does not want to see in his children. God's wrath is clear. Matthew chapter 25, verses 26 through to 30, turn there, you find Jesus describing one of the servants as a slothful servant. Matthew 25, 26 to 30. I'll read quickly. It says, His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked 
and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine, mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which had ten talents. For every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. So here is Jesus chastising the servant that he gave one talent to. And what did he do with the talent? He just went and buried it. He went to sleep. And Jesus says, he's not just slothful, but he's also what? Wicked. So if you have a talent, and everybody has something from God, there's nobody here that will say, I don't have anything from God. We all do. Take a bear, for example, big as it is. We hear that it can run up to speeds of 30 kilometers an hour. But one thing, again, that a bear has is that it has the ability to hibernate. It goes to sleep for sometimes two to three months. It will just be sleeping. And there are many people in Christendom who have that bear spirit doing nothing, absolutely nothing with their lives. But they are the ones who shout the hallelujah the loudest. They are always in church. Sometimes you wonder why they don't have anywhere to stay. Slothfulness is not acceptable. John chapter 5 verse 17. Jesus said, My father walketh hitherto, and I walk. The God that we serve is a God who believes in hard work. And slothfulness to him is a sin. Diligence is the watchword of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before mean men. The problem of Nigeria is the problem of corruption. And corruption has brought along with it slothfulness. So that if corruption fails to take you to hell, slothfulness at least will. How has corruption come hand in hand with slothfulness? Simply, in this nation, people go around. You see somebody, he has a uh, business name, Emmanuel and Sons Limited. Nothing going on there. Always going to Abuja to look for paper. An LPO. You get the LPO, you sell it. They don't even execute the LPO. They sell it. We have become a nation of commissioned agents. There are many people who look responsible, have office, have staff, secretary and everything, but nothing going on there. Just commission agent. Just commission agent. I remember a story Pastor Gandhi told me. There's a commission agent who's in chasing a big project in Nigeria and um, meets with a roadblock and has been complaining and complaining. So Pastor Gandhi was trying to see if I could help. I said I couldn't help. He said, anyway, the man said he shouldn't worry. That after all, government will come, government will go. That this is all he does in his life. That if one project goes through, he can make up to 70 million. And that 70 million can last in three or four years. He will last the government. That this will, they will soon go. When they go, another, another government will come. That's slothfulness. Many of us, there are many of us who are here. We are not really doing anything. Just hopping from place to place, looking for one contract or the other that you know nothing about. When the contract comes, you now look for somebody who can do it. That person look for somebody who can do it. You know, and that, God says, if you do that, you will not arrive in heaven. 
it's not me that sins, so it's God, you will not arrive in heaven. You see some people, they are always tired. If you are tired and you are, low, and you are not walking, you are lazy. Bone lazy. Because a man who has done no work has no business being tired. And one of the things that I find in church, which is not acceptable, I've wanted to talk about this for a while, but somehow today may be the best day to talk about it. It's young men, people who have just left university who are married. The wife is the one working, you are not working. And then you insist that when your wife comes home at the end of the month, that the salary should be given to you. <laughs> it happens. I've seen marriages break up because of that. And I told the man, I said, oh, God, that's very bad. Is that what they taught you at marriage counseling? And then you now tell the woman what she can buy, what she cannot buy. For one particular lady said, ah. I said, after a while, she said, this thing, Pastor, is what they call monkey they walk, baboon they chop. <laughs> so the woman just boned and said, ah, that, can I imagine that one day her shoe got broken, the heel got broken, and the woman said she should go and mend it instead of buying a new one. And this man that's okay is not working. It's a terrible thing to collect your wife's money. And then at the end of the day, the wife says, ah, by the way, can we spend some money doing this? Ah, I've sold the money in church. Don't sow that kind of money in church again. <laughs> this church does not want that kind of money. God will not accept that money. It is a sin. Everybody can hear now that I'm saying so. It is a sin. If you bring your wife's money and you come and sow it, you didn't tell her. It is a sin and God will punish you. <laughs> Young people. So imagine that kind of person at the age of 28, 29, behaving like that. What will he be like at the age of 50? A monster. <laughs> and you're not worried about looking for a job. That is called slothfulness. And you see those kind of people, they're the ones who tell their wives, hey, 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 I'm the head of the house. When I speak, you don't speak. Young people. I see all kinds of crazy people in church. That person is mad. That is called slothfulness. Slothfulness. And you find people today, no work ethic. I keep telling people, I said, the problem of Nigeria is that when the corruption came, it destroyed so many things. There are many of us who have never really worked. People today leave university and they become chairman, managing director of their business. And they don't know anything about getting up early to go to work. People like to go to work at eight, nine, and they'll tell you that it's lucky, they'll blame it on lucky. I mean, I run an office. When people come late, they'll tell you, ah, there was a small riot in Oshodi. They are willing to lie about anything. Just come to work at any time. People come to work at 9. By 10, they say they have gone on break. That's slothfulness. God does not want that. And it will stop in this church. Any woman in this church, your husband takes your salary and doesn't work, please come and report him to me. Yes, I will break that marriage. <laughs> Can you believe that? A husband. And you see them looking well fed. <laughs> it must stop. Stops in this church. Don't bring that kind of money here. We don't want money you collect from your wife. Your wife doesn't even know. You say, ah, I've sewn it in church. Who is sewing where? Which church are you sewing it in? Stop that nonsense. It must stop. We must become people who work 
had. And added to slow, the worst part of slothfulness I know is academic slothfulness. There are many people, young people, today, all of that stops. You see a person going around life looking for a job. What's your qualification? OND. And the person has finished school at OND. You will suffer. Everybody can get some ed extra education. The world today is a world of knowledge. If you have Wendy, go and learn how to use the computer and become computer literate. If you have a first degree, go and get a second degree. It is possible. You can do it and still work. It's possible. Every mushroom university in Nigeria is doing one kind of MBA course or the other. You can do part-time MBA. Doesn't matter if it's from uh, Abraka, get it. <laughs> get it. But all of us who are sitting down here, you are 25, 26, and all you have is one BA. And then when we check the BA well, we find that it's just let my people go BA you have. <laughs> go and do a master's. If you've gotten the master's, go and do a professional qualification. Go and do something else. Slothfulness academically is not accepted because you will suffer in the end. You will. You become those... You see, many of us have those very nasty uncles and aunties. Nothing has happened in their lives. They just look at you and they think that uh, you owe them the responsibility to look after them. That's how you will be too if you continue that way. Because sooner than later, I remember the other day I went to see somebody in a bank and I got into the lift and um, the people that were in the lift with me, the whole bank workers there, as I just entered, somebody just told me that these people, they are all going to be fired because they're all cracking stupid jokes. I just said, this cannot be people working in a bank, you know, going nowhere. By the time I left, I heard that about 25% of them are going to be sacked. I said, they deserve it. <laughs> deserve it. People just come. They, instead of them to be at their post, they are moving around, gisting, talking. Look at you. Look at your big head. And we debit your account. I, just, I said, what kind of character? I can't put my money in this kind of bank. I remember I went to another bank once. I won't mention the name of that bank. The executive director I saw there, when I looked at him like this, I started laughing. He didn't know why I was laughing. <laughs> I said, God has really dealt with this, this. The enemy has dealt with this nation. Look at this kind of man, director. Supposed to be manager. <laughs> why? Because he knows nothing. He knows nothing. And many of us want to be any big position, and we know nothing. You must improve yourself. You must. Right now, we are chasing people around. If we find you in church office and you don't have good qualifications, we'll send you, go, go, go back to school. Go back to school. Slothfulness is not accepted by God. It isn't. Proverbs chapter 6. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6. Let's read 10 and 11 together. The Bible is filled with warnings and yet, you see, everybody is believing God for great things. Let me tell you something. This year, that money that I hasn't seen, that ear hasn't heard, that has not yet entered into the heart of man, is going to come upon people this year. Yeah. But, let me, but God is not the author of confusion. It's not going to create problems in your life. If you are not busy doing something, God will not put anything in your hand. Proverbs chapter 6, let's read together verses 10 and 11. One, two, go. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveled, 
and I want as an armed man. <clears throat> Slothfulness brings about what? Poverty. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. It says, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and, as, and thy want as an armed man. We must and arise and embrace a work ethic in our lives. When I was working, 6.30, I was in the office. An office opened at 7.30. And you will never be the first. We had a man in our office then. I can never forget his name. C.O. Kerike is dead now. What killed him? They retired him. He was old, but by 5.30, he would be in the office. And he would be the last person to leave the office. He lived in the office. When they sent him away on retirement and he had nothing to do, he died. But some of us just are living a life of nothing to do. And we don't want to improve ourselves. You must improve yourself. You must, you must, you must. For the world we live in today is a world of knowledge. You must acquire knowledge. Knowledge is freely available. Nobody here has an excuse. Nobody. You can't want to live life. You, have a, you don't even have third class. You have ordinary pass. Even in church office, we won't employ you. Even if you speak in tongues, <laughs> all you have is ordinary person. We will not employ you. So that means that degree is what? It's useless. You must go and do something else. You must go and do something else. Don't assume that because your parents, the time of your parents have gone. Gone. And they will never be back. So as I'm talking to you today, those of you who have one degree, even if, if it's a second class upper, go and do a master's. Even if you have a good job, do it as part-time. Get busy for God. That is what God wants. They say that knowledge is power, and that is really true. Slothfulness is not acceptable. It will lead to envy. It will lead to anger later. It will. Because people will come from behind and overtake you. And then you begin to grumble. You begin to pray. When the prayer in church doesn't work, you go and get the prayer where the burn candles. Because you think that place owes you an obligation. There's nothing like that. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. You see, every one of us has a gift from God. And people just go around living life anyhow. It's not acceptable. God says it is a sin. One, two, he says you will not arrive in heaven. He says, for the kingdom, from verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Everybody here has something from God. And let's show you what God expects you to do with what he has given you. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made, him, made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money, slothfulness. He didn't want to do any work. 
So he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained them five talents more. A hundred percent increase. Whatever it is that God has put in your hand, he wants you to multiply it and multiply it as much as possible. And God's multiplication is not times two, it's times hundred. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, the gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid my, thy talent in the earth. Lo, thou hast what is thine. No increase. And Jesus said to him, you are a wicked and a slothful person. And he says, that which I have given to you, I will take away from you. You have no business with me. Let's take, God expects you and I to work hard. And what you see people wanting to do, they come, they say they want to work in church. You say, what, what, what work do you want to do? There's the work outside that you can use your hands and your brains for. Go and do that first. Before you begin to think of wanting to work in church. Everybody here has something God has put in his hands. And he wants us to do something. He wants us to multiply those things. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. The Bible says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. There's a slogan that was made popular by Sonia Day. It says, Ishekekere, Oulala. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. You work a little, you make a lot of money. It is a lie of the devil. I know somebody who was posted to go and do youth call in a particular law firm. I won't mention the name of the law firm. Because the partners of that firm were working sometimes till 2, 3 in the morning. This youth call guy ran away. He said, what kind of place is that? I can't work there. And they would give an excuse. Ah, because you won't have any time for church. It's a lie. You're just bone lazy. Yet you want them to give you the kind of money that you see people earning there. You don't want to work hard. And they now came and said, Pastor, can you help me find someone to do youth call? I drove the person away. Find somewhere called, find somewhere. Near. You had somewhere. Because of hard work, you ran away. No woman should marry a man like that. Too. God does not speak concerning such people. I've seen a couple recently. The man doesn't look like he's doing anything, just like a zombie, dreaming. And those people are hard people. They're the ones who want to take control of everything you have. I asked the two of them, I said, uh, I know a guy wants to marry Madame, because Madame looks like he's doing well. Madame, why do you want to marry Oga? No reason. An accident waiting to, to happen. Matthew chapter 20. 
For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard. Whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle. Everybody say idle. Yes, that's slothfulness. And he said unto them, Why stand ye here all day idle? And they said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard. Whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. Whenever God finds us idle, he finds us something to do. God does not want his people standing, doing nothing. So if you are here, you are not doing anything. It's not because there's no job. That's where God comes in. Everybody else might not be able to get a job, but if you want to get a job, you are a child of God, you will get a job. There are some people who just don't want to work. I know somebody who had no job, and I tried to get the person a job. The person went there, looked at the people there, came back, said, you can't work there. That, that's, I want a bank, but that, can, that is not a good bank. It's a low-grade bank, pastor. <laughs> slothfulness and that's how that person has not worked since and you know the irony of life you don't work one year two years it will be harder for you to get a job because years are going by people want people who have some experience your own experience is in no work so why would anybody give you a job by the time you have stayed for five six seven years no work you become a casualty because there's nowhere where they will be able to give you anything to do. There's a bank. The bank that bank that this person said is a low-grade bank is still standing today. And when we checked and checked, we now found out that the person, the paper the person said the person had was not even true. The two-two was not even two-two. It was not a class. It was just ordinary pass. And you're opening your mouth and saying it's a low-grade bank. Let all of that nonsense stop today. Because I'm going to be checking. If I see you, I'll just ask you nicely, oh boy, oh girl, what kind of degree do you have? And if you tell me a lie, you'll see what will happen to you. Strange people. Turn to Galatians chapter 6 and see what the Lord says there. Everybody wants Nigeria to change. How will it change? If in the church, all you just find, and slothfulness, eventually you will become a 419 person. There was a gentleman who had no work, stayed in a particular house fellowship, played on the um, um, desires of one of the people in that house fellowship, collected money to do repair work in a house. He had never done it before. The house that he was collecting money for that was saying, <laughs> I never, that story was such a strange story, but it happened in this church. You lease a house to somebody and you, you don't even know the owner of the house. They just saw a vacant house, told the person that this house is available and collected money. Then even took money to go and be doing the house. I was going to bring him up here, he ran away. He doesn't come to this church anymore and we don't want him. 
the day the woman was going to pack into the house, the original owner came and said, what are you doing here? Can you believe that? He said, I paid for the house. To who? My house. You paid. Ha. They went and grabbed uh, Brother Peter, <laughs> who speaks in tongues. His mouth started shaking. So I told the woman, I said, you yourself, you see house, very fine. You know, greed. You want to enter into a palatial house. You didn't even bother to check papers. You just follow a useless brother who says he's the agent. The boy said, well, it's another person who says he's the agent. The money had gone. They had done repair work. The owner drove them away. He now wanted to collect the money from the boy. I don't think the boy lives in Lagos anymore. He might be a deacon in another church somewhere by now. That's what slothfulness does. You begin to think of ingenious ways of making money. Because you don't want to walk. Galatians chapter 5, chapter 6, let's read together. Verses 7, 8, and 9. Galatians 6, 7, 8, and 9. Are we all there? One, two, go. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sweareth, that shall he also reap. For he that sweareth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sweareth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So God says, do not be tired. You just keep working hard, because God himself is the one that will reward you. He says, whatever you sow is what you will reap. You do not sow anything, you won't reap anything. And be not deceived. There's nothing like little work, plenty of money. That's kalu kalu money. It will not last. It will not last. And money you know nothing about, how to make it. How will you keep it? How? It's not possible. God wants us all to work hard. He says slothfulness is not acceptable. It is not to be seen in the life of the children of God. And slothfulness is also in the place of just, you go to work, instead of doing the work you are paid for, you are reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit will not be there with you. In fact, if he is there, he will use a cane. That's not God. Work hard. Learn hard. Improve yourself. Remember a man when I was working in Linters? He started life as a teenager, as a tea boy. He retired after about 35 years of meritorious service as a tea man. That's not God. He was making tea from 15, 16 in an office. Stayed in that office forever. Left the office at close to 60, still making tea. The office is not wicked. That man didn't help himself. And very disgruntled gentleman. Because when those who just came from university entered the place, he's ever ready to tell you all the MDs that he has made tea for. That you have to be careful. Don't talk to him anyhow. But we saw him as just a tea man. We didn't know when he was a tea boy. But that's all he was doing, just making tea. Nothing else. And there are people like that. They're just, they're just there. 
counting money. That's all they gave you to do, the counting money. You're just counting the money. You should wake up one day and say, this cannot be what life is all about. Don't stay and do the same thing year in, year out, year in, year out, going nowhere. Wake up and change your life. Nobody's punishing you. You're the one punishing yourself. You can improve yourself. All of us can. Everybody can. Because you don't. What you will meet at the end of the day is called real bitter waters. And there's nothing anybody can do for you. It will be too late. Too late. You can't keep doing the same things year in, year out. And you cannot see that that place just is not anywhere you should be in. And all the young men who are married in this church, who are not working, stop collecting your wife's money. Wives, if they do, come and tell me. I'm sure, Mommy Chief, that's not what we tell them in marriage counseling. No. I mean, I met a man who was telling me that he has to take the money because this is why my wife, she doesn't, she won't pay tithes. She won't. I said, Are you God? Since when did God tell you that you had to collect tithes forcibly from your wife? All those funny husbands that are inside this church, behave yourself. Say, so, okay, let us save towards a car. I know that story. The man has run away now. He took the money and went to do investment. He didn't tell the woman. And they were saving towards a car. When they found the car now, say, ah, we found the car. And then the man started shaking. Because not only did he, he lost the whole money in the investment. Women, the Lord will not give you such husbands. Yeah. And you yourself will not use your own eyes to find such husbands. Yeah. Mm. God will help everybody. Um, turn with me to Psalm 19. Read verses 12, 13, and 14 together. Let's read verses 12, 13, and 14. Are we all there? One, two, go. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse down me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Slothfulness is a secret fault. People who are slothful don't even know. They just go around, hanging around, hanging around, doing nothing, carrying stories, just creating slander, confusion amongst people. Let's bow our heads today and tell the Lord that you cleanse us from slothfulness if you know slothfulness exists in your life. If not, tell him that you cleanse you from all secret faults, faults that you have that you do not know anything about, that you should take them away from you. And anything that we can refer to as presumptuous sin, to be slothful is to be presumptuous, is to think that just by doing nothing, something will come your way. You are very, very presumptuous. Ask the Lord to cleanse you from presumptuous sins today. Even as we pray, there are some of us who are here. This God we are talking about, yes, it's God that we are talking about today. 
you have never committed your life unto him. And you keep coming into church. You are not born again. You keep coming into church. What are you coming for? That attitude towards God is in itself a slothful attitude. Because each time you come into his presence, you must react to him. You must be able to say to him, I commit my life into your hands. So if you are here today and you have never committed that life of yours into his hands, remember, unless you ask him, he will not do anything about it. If you do not ask him to write your name in the book of life, he will not write it in the book of life. It is not automatic. It is not because you are in church. Therefore, you are saved. No, you yourself must lift up your voice and say to him, Lord, I accept you as my Lord, as my Savior. I accept that you died for me on the cross. Please accept me today as one of your own. I commit my life into your safe hands. If you need to pray that prayer today, please go ahead and do so. But as you do so, put up your hand so you can put a card in your hand. We need to know who you are so you can put a card in your hand. If you have to commit your life to Jesus today, you have never done so before, wherever you are, just put up your hand peacefully and we'll put a card in your hand. We're looking out for you right now. And we'll put a card in your hand. When you get the card, you put down your hand and ask the Lord to be your Lord and Savior. And he will accept you. Ask him to write your name in the book of life. Is there anybody who wants to say to Jesus today, Lord, I'm here. Please accept me as one of your own. Accept me as one of your own. Write my name, Lord, in the book of life. Write my name, Lord, in the book of life. I believe that you are God who came down to this earth. You died for me and shed your precious eternal blood for me. I accept the sacrifice on the cross. Oh, Lord God Almighty, accept me today as one of your own. Just put up your hand wherever you are and we'll put a card in your hand. The ushers are walking around and looking out for you. The rest of us, let's just tell the Lord today that you should cleanse us from secret faults. You should hold us back from presumptuous sins. That slothfulness will not be our portion because we know that if we are slothful, we will not arrive in heaven. We will not. You will not arrive in heaven. It is not a place for people who are slothful or idle. Father in heaven, it is you we come before today. We ask in the name that's above all names that you'll have mercy upon us. Today, let your word, Lord, word, Lord, find in our hearts good soil, Lord. Grant us the ability, almighty God, to rise and make amends, even in accordance with your word. Each one of us, Lord, here, that is enamored of that spirit of slothfulness, Lord God Almighty, let there be a clear division today. Break away, O Lord, slothfulness from us. Let that spirit not abide in us. Spirit of living God, we ask that you'll have complete and total control over our lives. Help us to be diligent people, Lord. Help us to be diligent people, Lord, today. Glory, honor, and dominion we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.